Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, good morning and welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, the podcast is going to have a very special guest. Today, it's Dana Shergel, and she is a kinky wellness educator and the owner of The Partition home of kinky wellness. With close to a decade's worth of public and private education, as well as firsthand experiences, Dana helps people curious about BDSM and kink enter the play more informed while spreading awareness of the benefits of kinky wellness. Dana's primary mission is to shine a light on how BDSM and kink and overall kinky wellness provides a healthy outlet for aggression, imagination, and attention, or simply hashtag AIA. And without a healthy outlet for each, self-development is not possible. Dana's fresh approach and concern for risk awareness demonstrates how BDSM and kink and overall kinky wellness deserve a seat in the wellness conversation. And I agree wholeheartedly. Dana is just a ball of energy, Uh, Like me, she's kind of a girl next door type person. You wouldn't expect these things to come out of her mouth, but they do. And she is so um, well-versed on the subject and so passionate about what she's doing. And she really wants to help free people to be who they are, to be their authentic selves, to show up as healed individuals going through this life rather than repress their very desires and essentially repress the core of who they are. Sometimes we don't even know who we are. We don't know what we want. Sometimes we have no idea that our desires actually are kind of kinky. Um, But she shows us that there are many forms of kink, many, many forms from sensual to hard, uh, what we would imagine as sort of the stereotypical BDSM kink world. There is that, but there's also a whole softer, more sensual side if that's what you prefer. You actually might be kinky and you don't know it. Kinky is pretty much just being turned on by something that's taboo. Um, kinky could be having sex in a parking lot um, and and possibly being able to be discovered. That can be kinky, right? So it doesn't have to look one way. So we do talk a lot about how do we even discover these desires that we have? How do we unlock them? How do we create a safe place to talk about them where we don't have shame and guilt about them? I do talk about, you know, if you say that you have a desire, if you say it, that doesn't define you. And sometimes we get caught up in like, oof, 
if I say that I like this thing now, I'm going to be known as kinky and there's something wrong with that. That's not how it has to be. So have a listen if you've ever sort of been a little curious of what kink might be. Um, here is the episode Kinky Wellness with Dana Shergill, and she's amazing. I think you're going to really get a lot out of this episode. So here we go. We'll see you when we get back. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself, you will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. This is episode 71, and I have such an awesome guest today, you guys. I have known this person since the Taboo Show, when Steve was walking through the Taboo Show, and he comes back, he goes, there's this girl you have to meet. She's totally your kind of person. I was like, really? Like, how do you know that? He goes, no, you don't understand. Her energy is like yours. I was like, how do you know? Trust me. Her energy is like yours. She just, she's kind of like your kind of person. She kind of looks like your kind of person. And I think, I know you'll just get along. And I was like, okay. And then you came over a little while later and he's like, this is the girl. This is the girl. (laughs) So my (laughs) guest today is Dana. Oh, wait, you're going to tell me how to say your last name. Shergal. Shergal. Okay. Dana Shergill, she is the, she, I don't know, the founder of The Partition and Kinky Wellness. She is incredible. So I'm going to welcome you, Dana. Thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. I Every conversation with you is worth recording, I feel. I know. I was, <laughs> I was like, we should have freaking pressed record before because we had some juicy nuggets in that old conversation we had. Oh, the past hour. 
I know, but I'm excited for this. Every conversation is so good and it always goes in some great way. It does. It does. And I feel like we're so aligned on so many things. Like there's no like red flags with you. Like some people I get along with really well. And then there's like certain like maybe political issues or this or that where they're just like a hard line. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's, I love what you're talking about. I totally relate to everything. But then I get this sort of internal bit of yuck where I'm just like, Mm. oh, I don't know. I, I love you and I love that, but I, I'm, we're not aligned on that and we're going to dance around that topic, you know, but with you, there's like no dancing around anything like, like Steve was truly, truly on point when he said our energies would match. Cause the second we met, like here you are talking about kink or whatever. You're just like in a white little sweater, white pants, <laughs> like just, you're not in like some leather strappy get up, which nothing wrong with that. But I, I don't ever wear that kind of thing. I'm just like, I'm sort of the natural girl next door kind of person. And you totally are that vibe. And well, so that's I, what it is. Like I, the, we, when it comes to sex, I think we always seem that it has to be some extreme thing, but the girls next door, man, we're freaks over here too. Like don't underestimate us. Like we're right here. <laughs> we look so innocent and young. Like, like we would never be in it. And what we talk about is like potent shit, man. Like we are, we are leading, uh, just a front the kinky resolution. That's yeah, what I feel like, about it. Like just bringing it into homes, like a coffee table, conversation yeah like normalizing just how natural this stuff is and that it doesn't have to be held at arm's length and i that's what i love about you is that you're so approachable that what you talk about is is sort of um palatable it is uh accessible to anyone even those who get scared off by like you know the whips and chains and and all that and would be like oh kink is for like the mentally unwell Do you know what I mean? Like if they're, if they're triggered by that kind of, of image and that's not what draws them in, they're going to be drawn to someone like you or people who don't understand sex positivity and came out, had like a very sort of fundamentalist Christian background. They're going to relate to me and go, oh, well, I want to learn that from her because she seems really normal, like not extreme. Little do they know that. I have some pretty not extreme views, but like very passionate views on things. But but I've broken free from so much. But my thing is, I don't want to lose who I am at my core. I don't want to pretend to be someone else. I don't want to swing to the opposite side of the pendulum just because I don't agree with that anymore. I still want to be the core essence of who I am, which is a sweet girl next door type of person who's very relatable and who prides myself in being relatable to others and warm and kind and loving. That's who I am. I don't want to change that just because I'm very sexually open, because I'm a swinger, because I'm polyamorous, because I like a little bit of kink here and there. I don't want to change who I am because I don't want to feel like I have to fit in that box. I've just gotten out of a box. Well, what I think what's great about us and how we approach sex is that we understand its importance, but we don't allow it to consume every avenue of our aspects where you yeah, said like there's other yeah. parts of you we're so multi-faceted people we have so many layers and yes sex is one of them but I believe because we don't allow it to consume everything in the sense of like we wear it on our shoulder that mm-hmm. helps us be a little bit more approachable 
in my perspective, or at least that's what my experience has been and some of the feedback I've even been mm-hmm. given. Mm-hmm. I think it's less fearful for those who are kind of like desiring stepping into this world, but don't quite know how. Like it's a little bit of a safer step in because they're like, oh, well, they're just kind of normal people. And I'm not saying that others aren't normal. That's not what I'm saying. It's just like the perception, right? Like we we have perceptions and we get scared of things that aren't similar. Because we're wired even, that way. Yeah, but even step further, like colors, textures, these things make an impact on us, right? If I'm wearing a fuzzy white sweater versus a spiky black and red leather jacket, that's going to give off two different vibes. That's so true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And not that you can't embrace the spiky, but if we're like trying to break through boundaries and break through like I, I talk about belief systems or programming, right? Like we. It's easier to shift your mindset, to shift your subconscious if your body's not screaming at you, protect, protect, protect. Like, I I don't know what that is, and I'm a little afraid of it. I'm intrigued. I'm totally Mm -hmm. intrigued by those spikes in the red leather, and I would love to get to a place where I can maybe even embrace that, but I'm not there yet. So I'm pretty much shutting out what you're talking about because that's too scary. No, that's very true. There's we just can't hear it. Too. Right. And and that's exactly what it was like when I was leaving fundamentalist evangelical Christianity. Like you can't talk to someone who still believes that and just go, well, that's wrong. And that's, you You know, it doesn't even make sense because they're just like their backs up and they're like, no, 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 no. You are just rebelling. You're just a heathen. You hate God, blah, blah. And it's like, no, none of that is true. None of that was true for my unraveling process either. It was so done in like seeking God and, and trying to honor what I had learned my whole life and the slow unraveling of the truth that I had known my whole life and the devastation that brought for me that this core fundamentalist truth that I had built my whole worldview on was crumbling beneath me when I was asking the God that I believed in for answers. And and they just kept falling apart. Like that's the most devastating process. No, that is not rebellion. I'm sorry. I was quite happy with the way I was. I didn't have doubts. I didn't have any intention to leave that. But when the person that you love the most in this world um, presents to you that they don't believe anymore because of all the research they've done for the past two years and it it made it all come crumbling down for them, you can't just ignore that because you have been attached to this person for years and you were believing the same things. You chose each other because you were on the same page and you wanted to bring up a godly family and blah, 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 Right. And all of a sudden, they don't believe this thing that you fundamentally both held true for your whole entire existence. They didn't, they're not the type to just walk away from that. He's not a fickle person at all. He's a very logical, you know, deep person. So he doesn't make decisions lightly. So I couldn't just ignore everything he had said for the past two hours, which was devastating me as, as I went through this process. That's a whole other podcast. But, you know, like that two hours was like full of like nuggets of like things I couldn't ignore, like truths and, and, and realizations and awarenesses. I was like, please don't let that be true, please. Okay. So at the end I was like, well, so what is your decision? Like, what, what does this all mean? 
And it was like, I can't believe this anymore. And I was like, what? And the first thing I thought was, what am I going to tell? What are we going to tell the girls? Teach the girls about sex. But that was the first thing. Which leads me to what, what we do. Why sex positivity is so dear to us. Why kinky wellness is so important to you. Um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about kinky wellness, but also I'm very curious why the partition is the name that you chose. So you can do it in whatever (laughs) order you would like, whichever makes more sense. Absolutely. Well, kinky wellness and is at its core, it, it is sexual education through the lens of BDSM and kink. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, those words are a little tough to for people to hear there is a lot you know it's impulsive people hear those words and they knee jerkingly don't want to talk about it the guard has gone up what you've said they just don't they don't understand why they don't like it they just know that they have they just can't like it that's the programming we have mm-hmm. around BDSM and kink so when you say kinky wellness it does lower your guard to talk about it and it's a path where you can heal through it there is a core to that but it's also about us encouraging us to go down imagination and exploration Mm -hmm. and creativity and getting to know yourself, which can be both exploring and healing. So there are two sides. And when it comes to kinky wellness, I want people to understand that this is a place where it's so broad, like it's so broad that you're not going to like everything that comes in with BDSM and kink. Some activities you might like, some activities may not be for you, but the partitions name actually came up because I originally wanted something where when people walk through the doors, this is going to be the partition will eventually be its own unit, its own home of kinky wellness, where sex educators are teaching Mm -hmm. alternative holistic sexual health, alternative healing, sexual healing is a real deal. And the partition home of kinky wellness will showcase that. Mm. So the name comes from when you walk in, you're separated. There's Mm -hmm. something between the rest of the world and the version that you want to show inside this this establishment, I guess you can say, because it is different. And we do have a lot of sides to us. And when it comes to our sexual side and all of those erotic core types, we're very shy and vulnerable around them. So I want a safe place where people can actually see themselves for the first time. And I love that you just said that, the safe place, because like when you talk about the partition or like a place that's separate, Um, it's easy to go immediately to like, oh, another box that I just left. And that's not what you're saying at all. You're not saying it's another box of conformity or another box of rule. What it is, is it's a place that's separate or a bubble, if you will. I call it the the bubble of safety, you know? And so I, I talk about like, let's explore fantasy our, our thoughts, desires, emotions, our fantasies are the things that we want to explore, but we put it in a safe bubble. And in this bubble, we're only being curious. We're only exploring things that we would never feel safe to say outside of this bubble. And at no point does what we talk about in this bubble um, affect it doesn't determine a decision. It's not making a decision just because you've revealed what you would like and what you and which turns you on or whatever doesn't mean that that is saying, oh, so now we are doing this. That's a completely different conversation. So I love that 
We need a safety zone where we can explore and we can try things that doesn't make it set in stone. Like we need a chance to go, oh, do I even like, like for you, do I even like spanking? If I never try it, I'll never know. But if I go, oh, I want to try spanking. Okay, now we're doing spanking. But even when it comes to spanking, what I find is that we, because we have only a few limited sources of what that is, is through pornography, we do see a very aggressive side mm-hmm. where it's there's no warm up. It's not slow. It's not playful. It's not flirty. It's it is on the harder side. And even when it comes to spanking, you go slow, you can go tender, you can make it playful, ticklish in a way. There's mm-hmm. so many sides and it's reaffirming that soft is still a side. Mm-hmm. Soft is still an area. And this is where I feel like the general world, at least the people that I work with, that's where they fall. They're on that side. And I'm here to remind that that is still a side. Like we can't just be mm-hmm. like, oh, it's only aggressive. Like I reject that completely. So because people are soft, we do want care and attention. We want love. Mm-hmm. We want all these soft feelings. And we're not, we don't get chances to ask for it. Like even the concept of just asking for a hug can be very hard for someone who's never had to verbalize that before. Because mm. we're programmed that like, if you have a need, you're needy. <laughs> yeah, basically. But also like even the concept, if you grew up in a household that didn't give you touch, you mm. might not even know that that's something that your no. body needs. No. So it can be very overwhelming and you find people that are resistant to physical touch because they're not used to it. And I'm not saying like, oh, you have to hug people you don't want to hug. But physical connection is something that our body still wants. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like that whole thing, you need eight hugs a day to be healthy or whatever. And we just kind of gloss past that. But it's like, like when I've had a rough day and I mean, physical touch is one of my love languages. But when I think about it growing up, like I didn't get a lot of physical attention. Like my mom's love language is definitely not physical touch. And I remember sometimes if I would get a hug from her, I would like be there for a good 30 seconds, a minute. And I just my whole body would sink into her. And it was such a cathartic thing almost like it was like oh finally but I that wasn't a natural thing for me my dad is probably much more touchy huggy um but he was always like squirreling and and busy you know jumping around doing things turns out both my parents have ADHD and uh, it makes sense now why I just kind of squirrel all the time but when I have like that safe space of being held for the purpose of just being held. It's like, like this whole like calm washes over me. But like you said, some people have never experienced that. That's radical to them. Yeah. But even the type of hugs, like when I think about my parents, when it comes to a relation of hugs, I feel like my, I remember my mother very much being like, we're a hugging family. And I would be like, only when there's strangers here, like you, <laughs> like, you know, like you're only for show. Like if somebody's here, you're very much like, Oh, let's hug. But at home, that's not the case when it right. was just us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, my dad, like, he's kind of like the exact opposite. He doesn't really hug, but he would give us bear hugs. Like if he got yeah. his arms around you, he'd just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. And so I've associated that with positivity. Like I like the feeling of pressure of mm-hmm. being contained in a physical manner. And yeah. I can, I, that's where I think that it kind of stems from as well. But yeah, there's levels of it always. It's so interesting. Uh Okay, so talk a little bit about kinky wellness. Um, uh, Your story is a little bit that you were kind of 
you grew up with brothers, you say. Well, I've got one brother, yeah. And okay. uh, basically, my my parents divorced when I was quite young. So I had very complexing little styles of how women should grow up. At my dad's house, he didn't care. Like I had a brother and a cousin and we were out in the dirt and we all got the same toys and we all got the same Nerf guns and we were always doing the same thing. But then at my mom's place, I was held to such a different standard. It was mm-hmm. a very religious household where, you know, pretty little girls just sit quietly and smile and don't do too much. Mm-hmm. So when I was at my dad's house, I was off the off the leash, man, like just <laughs> all psychotic, all crazy running around in the dirt. And so that's what it was being aggressive. I like doing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as you get older, again, like what was acceptable for a young little kid is not acceptable anymore for a nice young lady. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to I wasn't, I played baseball, but I wasn't really into organized sports. So I didn't do football. I didn't do these contact sports. So when I saw BDSM and kink, that was my playing rough. Like that was like, wow, I want to do that. That looks familiar. I remember when I was sweaty and out of breath and exhausted and pushed my limits, which is something that I like doing. So but you couldn't talk about it again. I was on this like war page of like, look at all these things I'm learning through BDSM and kink and you can play rough and girls are stronger than they think. And, you know, you can be, you're not fragile, mm. but people again would not want those terms. So I switched it to kinky wellness and it's been very much same information's there, mm-hmm. just a different title. And it's crazy how fast it has, has grown since switching the titles. Mm. But again, like our play types, we're not all soft and cuddly. Some of us do like to roughhouse. Some of us do like to push and wrestle and pull and dance between this line of, is it too much, not too much? And you and your partner are really pushing with forces. And that's what I feel aggressive play types are like. It's more of a dance because it's not going to be fun if my partner is constantly overthrowing me and using 100% of his strength all the time. Right. Right. Like that. If sometimes once in a while, sure, but not all the time. So you really dude, I want to win too sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It comes down to collaboration. And when our brain collaborates with other people, it lights up. Like we want to work. So you can play playing rough to me is a a way that you can light up that part of your brain through collaboration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so good. I I think we forget. I think sometimes we forget like that we are so multifaceted people and and like just because like you like so like I love soft passionate touch and and you know I like tickling all that kind of stuff but man when I get to the level where I'm just like so satisfied in that like I can be a beast you know and I can be rough and I can be like mm. Um, I mean, you unlock a side of me that that most people don't get to see if you do sort of take the time for that. And one of the things I love about my partner is is that, you know, like we he pushes my limits in a way that I feel safe in. And like some of the things that we have done together, I I would have never imagine that that would be enjoyable or that I would want more of that, you know? And sometimes I'll be like, oh, and I'll complain about it. And he's like, you liked it though. I was like, you're right. I totally did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. Like sometimes we like-, like to complain about stuff we're doing, but in the same breath, like 
it's playful. Like we don't want to play with everybody, but yes, there has to be a level of safety and security and mentally, like you have to feel that you have to feel that in your bones too. Yeah. So what I like about kinky wellness and BDSM and kink types is because it can show like, okay, you get this level because that's the level of trust I have for you, but you get this deeper level because I have a deeper level of trust with you and you can do that. You can't take the same level and put it across the board with someone you just met. Like, like, I guess you are individual. You can do whatever you want, but I wouldn't suggest that. Like Mm -hmm. some of these things you have to work up to. Mm -hmm. And I think like, there's this sort of belief that it's like, Oh, that's a Dom. I'm a sub. Now I can go do the things. And it's like, no, like there has to be, even though, um, like sometimes kink doesn't involve sex. People don't recognize that either. Um, but it taps into your sexuality and and your sexual personhood in in a lot of in a lot of ways and we we have this belief i think a lot of people have this belief that oh that's a dom i can try these things or whatever but like it's a very specific relationship with a dom like not just any dom is is you're going to energetically connect with or trust and so i think i love that you said that right like that um, the level of trust determines the level that you can let go, if you will. Absolutely. And so you can start with like baby steps and and that's still kink and you're still okay and you're still doing it right. <laughs> if you are using your brain for creativity <laughs> while having sex, you have stepped into BDSM and kink kinky wellness because that Ooh. is what this is. You are creating a space that is grateful, playfulness, using our imagination, all these concepts that we're supposed to have, but we have this like unspoken narrative that it's only reserved to children under the age of 12. It's like a menu. Oh, imagination, that's only in the child's menu. No, (laughs) that's not the case. That's why we're entrepreneurs. Yes. And honestly, like I, that's the greatest part. I, it is very creative and (laughs) entrepreneurs are artists. In my opinion, they, you are creating something from the ground up. So shout out to entrepreneurs. (laughs) And it's like the the greatest, um, self, uh, growth system in the world. Well, what I've learned is like nothing, everything you got to learn in real life. And that's the thing, like lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to sex, you could read all the books in the world. Yeah. You can try and you can try to articulate it, but sex, in my opinion, reading books is helpful, but you got to experience it. You have to live it in those moments, the rawness of it all. Mm -hmm. That's when you really can feel it in all senses of your body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I love that. Um, Yeah. And I think sometimes we're afraid to step in and try something new. Like I tell my clients all the time, you can jump in with both feet and then you can get out and you can dry them off. Yes. I think people forget that they don't have to. We have this like, oh, I started it. I have to complete it. You don't even have to finish a book if you don't want to. But people have a lot of guilt over that. Oh, I started a book. I didn't finish it. Relax. You don't have to finish everything you start. It doesn't make you a failure. Mm -hmm. Which I'm speaking on that this weekend actually is, is this attachment to the outcome and how like a lot of people so it's a it's a workshop for like lifestyle couples and stuff and um 
some are new, some are whatever, but it's like so many of the questions, how do I take it to the next level? Or how do we go from like dinner to like sexy time? Or how, um, how do we take rejection and da, da, da. And I was like, it comes down to one thing, one thing. And I'm like, what? Like everything is related to one thing and it's the attachment to the outcome. Like what, how, what does that even mean? We can explain attachment to the outcome as like expectation if you want. But when you attach to an outcome, what happens if you have subconsciously attached yourself to your worth being tied into the response that you get? Therefore, you show up in a different energy. And that energy is one that actually is often repelling because you need to have a certain response in order to be validated. And the person that you are asking a question to no longer feels energetically the freedom to answer honestly and authentically. So we've put them in a box. We are now dependent on a certain answer to feel right. And we wonder why we struggle with rejection. Whereas if you are totally okay in yourself, like, okay, I have this desire, but the the playing out of that desire doesn't mean anything personal about me. It's a desire. I would like it with you. If you answer no, that's okay. I might not be your cup of tea. It's not a personal. There's nothing wrong with me. Maybe you like herbal tea and I'm black tea. That's it, right? Like that's it. If we can detach from the outcome, we can start to come to situations in a much more authentic way and our worth is no longer tied to people's responses. Now rejection doesn't affect you. That's, yeah. So that's what I'm teaching on this weekend. But it relates to kink as well, right? It's like, what I like, what I desire, might not be something my partner can give to me. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And that's very true. And it comes down to you don't have to cut those out of your life either. If your partner doesn't want to do those specific desires, that doesn't mean that you have, that doesn't mean that you throw those desires out the window either. Or like that that's you're what wrong for having them, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's what I love about like what you do because you help couples where they can experience it. And what I do is saying like, it does take a lot of conversations. And sometimes those conversations are going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to sit through the uncomfortableness before you can let go of it. And sometimes when we have uncomfortable conversations, we don't even want to get through it. So we just stop. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we hold ourselves back so much from that. And you have to get through the discomfort. And especially within kinky wellness and BDSM and kink, there's going to be moments where it's not comfortable because we all have these things we can say like, oh, it doesn't bother me. But sometimes stuff does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it just does. We don't know where exactly it comes from in the moment. But we have to acknowledge that it does bother us. But like if we're programmed to think something is wrong, for instance. Okay, so let's go back to your kinky wellness. Um, and, and I'm going to use your partition as as an analogy here. Okay, so so we're uncomfortable with this idea of like uh, it's it's wrong let's just, I don't know, spanking or whatever. Okay. If I have a conversation that I want to, uh, to be domed or spanked or, or whatever, my partner has this like programming that, Oh, that not, not good women want that, you know, like that's like different kind of women want that. And you're not that. And now I have a, a thing or I am wrong. If I 
want to spank someone, you know, like that's wrong. I should be gentle and kind towards women. Why would you ask that of me? Well, what if with the conversation, like I was talking about before this bubble of safety. So when we have these uncomfortable conversations or things that might make us uncomfortable, (laughs) what if we just set up a safety partition for the conversation, right? Like here's your partition. Now we're just going to have an explorative conversation Nothing you say in this means you're going to have to do it. None. It, there's zero attachment to any outcome here. There's no outcome needed. This is simply a conversation of exploration, imagination, fun, creativity, right? All these things that you talk about. Like, this is all what happens in the partition or the safety bubble, as I call it, right? This fantasy bubble. And if we can keep that conversation there, there might be discomfort. But again, there's no outcome needed. This conversation yeah. does not have an outcome other than just allowing these ideas to float around and be. That's it. That's it. And we need these more because as much as it might be uncomfortable, I feel like what I've seen is that it can be uncomfortable for the person to even admit it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that what especially like I just you know we talked about CNC like it can be very difficult for someone to come out and openly say like oh I like these specific types of play types even to themselves and, and CNC is just for people who cons- don't yeah consensual non-consensual play types so, so maybe is- just just so people because some aren't aware right uh like let's say you have say a, ra- a rape fantasy or whatever well you could be judged for that heavily and there's not a good way to make that happen unless it's consensual. But the whole idea of rape is that it's non-consensual. So what you're saying is consensually creating a non-consensual environment or uh, scenario that is being played out consensually and creating the safety parameters around that and being able to feel safe while getting to explore something very taboo and not usually allowed and not you're not supposed to be okay with that but that might turn your crank and that's okay there's ways to make these things happen but you're not going to present that fantasy and go okay now that i presented that this has to happen yeah but also like to extend from that when it comes to consensual non-consensual like it's so many non-consensual things happen to us that are so far beyond just physical mm-hmm. and it can be like an annoying coworker, annoying boss <laughs> and so when you have like these little micro experiences they add up if you don't put them somewhere mm-hmm. and so like in my experience we do focus very heavy because it can be very healing for someone who's experienced rave but in the same breath still getting those annoyances out that can build up through your day-to-day seven days a week it's it's Mm. still healthy and again what it looks like on the outside is not even close to what's happening on the inside so it's definitely not a play type that you can just see from the outside and be like oh i know what that means unless you're talking to the people that are involved Mm -hmm. you have no clue you Mm. have no clue I love that. I love how I love how your focus is healing and wellness because at the end of the day we can use these things to escape our reality or we can use them to heal and and to be more whole as a person and that's my desire like that's why I teach what I teach because I want whole people who are healed and who 
who know themselves and can um, advocate for themselves to be at the club. You know what I mean? Like I want people who are going to be able to say no without worrying about offending someone else or to be able to speak up for themselves or if someone's groping them inappropriately that they can walk away with that and not feel like they have been completely violated, that they have enough of their own autonomy that they can say, oh, that's a you thing. That's not, you haven't taken away my power you have wronged me in some way, but I'm going to walk away now, or I'm going to be able to address that in a healthy way and be like, dude, you didn't ask permission to touch me. Or girl, you did not ask to kiss me. Because <laughs> yeah. girls do it a lot more actually than than men. I'm not yeah, they get away with it. Like it's I'm, cute when girls kiss each other, you know? It's like that fancy yeah, yeah. like, oh, they're just like, oh, get over here. Like, yeah, I definitely see that a lot. And it's so like, interesting because I'm not bi. And it's amazing how many people just, just, how many women assume I'm bi. They just assume I am and they treat me like they have permission to just touch me and make out with me or, or like flirt with me. And it's like, it's so interesting to be on the receiving. I don't usually mind that because I'm not repulsed by that. Um, now, if you're putting your pussy in my face, that'd be different. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> back off. I don't want that. But um, it's interesting how some women are just they don't they don't ask that they don't they just assume and um that's totally off track but it, it's interesting it's not just the men <laughs> you know we know but it's like double men. standards that we can it go is into. it is it like, is it it's is. such a strong 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 double standard there are double standards for both of like on each side mm-hmm. but yet the, when it comes to like what women's double standards are and what they can do it's just not talked about no. uh, they can get a lo- away with a lot more than men whereas men would be like how dare you? And for what? Look oh, at me. How dare okay. you? You glanced in this direction. And it's like, like I'm not I'm, saying that there aren't creeps in the back that like stare yeah, yeah. heavy, but sometimes I do feel like, yo, just chill for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But anyways, back to your like your focus on on healing and wellness, right? For me, I want healed people coming into the club because then there's much less drama. Like if you're not coming to avoid your regular life because you can't stand it and you just want to, you know, go shag another couple just to get out of the bad situation you're in, that's not healthy, you know? And you can do that. There's plenty who do, but that's not my people. Those are not Mm -hmm. my people. I can smell it a mile away kind of thing, you know? And I don't, I don't want that energy coming into it. Like if you're associated with me, you're not going to be coming into this world for those reasons. And I'm going to make sure of that. And that's why I teach what I teach. It's why I have my podcast called Breaking Free authentically, because you can do this authentically in a, in a beautiful healed. Um, and you don't have to be completely healed. Let's not go crazy. We're always. Is there healing. such thing as there's oh such my thing gosh. as completely like, healed? You're yeah, saying I, I can't do that. things until I'm healed. No, I just want you to be conscious about it. I don't want you to use swinging as a lifestyle as alcohol. Like mm-hmm. some people use alcohol to numb. So the amount of people who feel like they have to drink and be drunk at the club, you're not really supposed to be drunk anyways, because how are you going to give consent if you're drunk? Um, but they over drink because they need that in order to get out of themselves. Well, like what if we give people a chance to figure that out before they get in that situation? Like that's what we do. That's what we want for people is we want you to be comfortable in your own skin and understand why you're doing what you're doing, what you want to do and embrace that without shame and guilt and then go have at it and have fun and approach the people in such a beautiful way that it's not toxic. It's not uh, pushy. It's not pressure. 
It's just authentic and beautiful and warm and you're drawing the right people into you. That's living. Boom. Yeah. Right? Mic that's drop. yeah, mic drop. That's I mean to me that's that's why I'm passionate about what I do because I know I know what it's like to be there for the wrong reasons because I started in such a place of lack. Mm. And now I'm in such a place of like abundance and and like I don't need things from the lifestyle. I get to enjoy things in the lifestyle. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't need. Well, to our to your point earlier, like I have a like when we were talking about escaping. Now I do have an interesting, I think, viewpoint on it. I don't think that you should run into sex as a form to run away from problems. But kinky wellness and BDSM activities, it is in a way a good escape for adventure. Mm-hmm. It's an escape from your daily routine. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is an escape. And I mean escape in the sense of like, oh, not again, not running away from your problems, but more looking at it as like a place to go, mm-hmm. a journey to go. A like, break, a vacation. A break, yes. And that's what we can do. And we need these things because, mm-hmm. you know, doing the same thing over and over again, it takes a toll on your brain as well, like mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. It does. Our brains want to be challenged. Our souls want to be challenged. They want to experience new things and certain things in life you can only get through creative and imaginary resources and outlets. And so if you take that away and you have no outlet for any of these things, you are cutting such a large portion of your life off of your experiences of what you could be and can be. And sometimes when we don't think about ourselves in that creative way, we can see ourselves as not like not in a version of which we can exceed from, like we can be better, we can have growth, we can have more control, we can have more mental intelligence. These are all things that we can work up to, but you need creativity to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes being in that space, so like, don't get me wrong, if you've had a bad day and you you really are struggling, I mean, there's nothing like going to the club and having an EDM night, for instance, and you're dancing your sh- dancing your your butt off and and just having a great time. Um, I would venture to say that the community alone, because I I talk about authentic sexuality in one of those circles, if you will, of the, the Venn diagram, is is community and one of the reasons that that leads to authenticity is you. You get to be, when you're in a community of people who don't judge your thoughts, desires, or emotions, your fantasies, you know, when when you can just freely get to be the person that you are and that the things that you desire can be talked about, again, even if they're not happening, you can talk about them and nobody's judging you for it. That opens up a whole side of you that's just like such a relief to your nervous system. Yeah, when you see, feel seen, heard, respected, and validated, those things can push you into, that can push you into positivity. And that's what we're doing. Like when you don't feel understood, when you feel constantly like no one gets you, no one hears mm-hmm. you, you're in the shadow, you're ignored, you're shunned, whatever the case may be, you can't create positivity out of those environments. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. No. And I remember like, Back to like the little partition safety net or fantasy bubble. I call it like an abyss. Like you go in there and it's like a bottomless pit of experiences and possibilities. At yeah, yeah, the yeah. Partition, yeah. It's so true. Um, but even furthermore, like, you know, we're talking about saying things that might be uncomfortable. And I think one of the reasons I was thinking on this, 
um, as you were talking. But one of the things that makes us uncomfortable, like is we want to be seen, heard, respected, understood. And if we say something that we have a desire for something that is kind of like taboo or, you know, that your partner might never want, it's so, uh, so far from their personality, from something that they would ever want. I think one of the fears of bringing that up is that often when you say that thing that you desire, that you find attractive, or that's a turn on for you, that now you are defined by that, that that defines you. Mm. But that doesn't have to happen in this safety partition. You know, like, let's say I want CNC, okay? That doesn't define me as a bad person that I want that. And I don't have to have that. But like, if I can safely say, I'd actually really like a CNC situation because I feel like it would be freeing to to now have control over that situation that I never had control over, you know? Um, That person listening, if they're not going, you like that and how you're a terrible person and blah, 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 you're not saying I have to have that. It's just you're, you're saying these are things in my inner core that are attractive to me and that make me who I am, but they don't define me. No. And even if you take that further step further with CNC, we're talking about at its core, CNC play is what gives someone the feeling of power and control. And what people are seeking when they're in that, regardless of what it looks like, it is just the feeling of control. And there's a lot of things that happen in our life where we don't feel like we're in control. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bad thing to want to experience control in a controlled environment that's safe and consensual. Like we are able. So yes, you know what? I agree. There's going to be people that never fully understand what CNC is. They're always going to have a problem with it regardless of what they think. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, this is just to create and facilitate a yeah. safe place of feelings of control and power, regardless of what side you sit at. Let, let's go back to a scenario that's possibly more, um, that my audience is going to understand more. So ethical non-monogamy, for instance. Let's say my fantasy is to be able to flirt and have sex with someone else that I'm attracted to. That's just my fantasy. But I'm monogamous, okay? Saying that is going to be super scary because if there's attachment to the outcome, if the if if your worth as my partner is attached to me only wanting you, ever only wanting you, because that's what makes you worthy, we're not going to be able to have this conversation. We're not going to feel safe. But if this safety bubble or this partition, if you will, you can say, okay, do you know what I would what I think would be so hot? I'm not saying we're agreeing to this. This is what the bubble is for. We're not agreeing that we're going to be swingers that I'm going to be allowed to do this once we have this conversation. That is not what we're agreeing. This is a contained bubble or partition, if you will. This is contained. This is a desire of mine because I like to flirt with people. I like to connect with people. And I think it would be really fun to be able to make out with someone that I feel is very attractive. That is my safe thing. Now, imagine if I felt like that was wrong or shameful or I felt guilty about that desire, I'm not going to be able to present that to you in any kind of good energy because I'm going to be so worried that you're going to judge me for that, that I'm going to project (laughs) that you, I'm going to say it in a way that 
I'm assuming that you're going to disagree with me and I'm going to have my backup. They're going to have their backup. And we do not have a safe bubble here. So this is why it's so important to have safety and connection with yourself first. Like there are no forbidden thoughts, desires, or emotions. It really, there's nothing off the table. In this bubble, everything is permissible. Okay. <laughs> so I can go, that would be really hot. Is there anything that you would find really hot? Ooh, well, I I feel like it would be super hot to be um, you know, in, in a gangbang, for instance, and and you know, have multiple people fucking me or whatever. That would be really hot. Again, you're not saying, can I do that? Mm-hmm. You're just saying that would be super hot. Well, now we have these these safe, these fantasies out there in this safe container. And we're just like, oh, that's really interesting. That you. So what? What do you? What would you like about that? Oh, okay. Well, I would like that because you know, I, I just think it's like when I see someone that's really attractive, it'd be fun to kiss them, and I can't kiss anybody because that's like we're that's not our agreement. So it's just kind of hot because it's like kind of off limits. So you know, that. Do you see how just having this like safety zone, this partition, if you will of just exploration and imagination can be this safe container. Like when you're not attaching an outcome to that, it doesn't matter what decision you make from this conversation. That's not the point. It And when it comes to these things, it's just getting it off of your mind. Your yeah. test can be a, not necessarily enough, like, but it can, you will feel an like you will feel a change. You will feel 100%. a change. Just getting you might it off never your chest. want that thing again because now you've just said it. It's like, oh, that's no big deal. I just yeah. Or you say it and you're like, what? You know what? It sounded better in my head or something. <laughs> like you know, you get in one of those things. Like now that I'm thinking about it, like how does that actually work? And that could be very much the case. But until you get it out of your head, that's the thing. We love to carry these around within us. We just kind of right. Like them. any anything that's forbidden, we obsess about. Right. So like I use the analogy, don't push the red button. Oh my God. Why, why can't I push the red button? You know, like what, what, what will happen if I push the red button? Okay. Don't think about the red button. What are you thinking about? Don't think about a pink elephant. Uh, oh, now you're looking at a pink elephant and you're like, I can't not think about the pink elephant. But again, think about a pink elephant. Go ahead. Think about it all you want. Okay. I've thought about it now I'm done. I move on. Right. Yeah, like, it, we don't obsess anymore because it's not off limits. We just want everything that's taboo. That's how we're wired, which is why well, yeah, it's exciting. Like that's why BDSM and kink will never go away because there'll always be something that someone says <laughs> you cannot do. Like that's when it comes to this in some corner of the globe, that's what you're going to find. So kinky wellness and BDSM and kink is never going to disappear. It might change titles and yeah, things yeah. like that over the course of time, but it will still be here. Yeah. Well, and if you're like, we've talked about erotic blueprints on this podcast, right? With the episode with Dr. Tina, we talked about that. Um, if your erotic blueprint is taboo, it's kink, right? Is is kink, then anything that's taboo is a turn on to you. That's how you're wired. Like you, that excites you. Some people will never be turned on by what's taboo. That's just not their thing. Mm-hmm. If you're an energetic blueprint, you're going to be turned on by like just the energetics of barely being touched maybe and just like being connected energetically with someone is a huge turn on for you. The kinky person that that's their blueprint might be like, what the fuck? How is that going to be a turn on? Or those who are like, um, like 
their sexual blueprint or kink, sorry, erotic blueprint is sexual. That's like what you see in porn, what you think of as like culturally sexual, that turns you on, you know, mm-hmm. that's the, that visual that comes up for you. Like I'm not turned on by porn at all. It doesn't do a thing for me. I am not a sexual erotic blueprint. That's not my thing. Every once in a while, it can be. So, like, I might be a shapeshifter. I might be able to go from thing to thing. Um, And then the other one is the sensual erotic blueprint. So, sensual touch, sensual lighting, candles, music. That's your turn on. You cannot deny what your turn on is. You can try to shove it down and guilt yourself and shame yourself for it, but it's there. The more you shove it down, the more you push it away, the more obsessed you become about it. And and you resent people who don't have the same turn on as you. You resent them for not understanding you, but you're the one who's who's shaming yourself. And you're just going to break your body down. Oh, like yeah. It's going to come out in pains, losing hair, age faster. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, your liver could fail. Like there's so many things like our organs hold on to these emotions. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. hundred percent. So like the, what we're saying is allow yourself first to be okay with whatever your desires are, whatever your kink is, you know, if you don't know what it is, but you just know that something taboo turns you on, then reach out to us, reach out to Dana and be like, what the fuck is my kink? I don't know. What is it? If you don't know your kink, you haven't done enough inwardly, in my opinion, inwardly searching because everyone's got it, man. Like you can pretend that you don't have it, but we all do. And it can and like be you again, said, like sensual. It can be part of kinky, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, so it doesn't have to be like, we just need to get rid of this. The blocks of what we think, what brings up, you know, in your mind. And culturally, that word is so shameful. You experienced that last week, right? <laughs> like, like with, with a company that won't even support you making money because that word is in there like this ridiculous right and you talk about censorship and stuff but like if a whole culture will shut you down in your business because of using that word imagine what the culture is feeding you what programming you have about that you're you're stuck unless you you have an outlet to to get rid of shame and guilt around any of those topics you're never going to be able to explore who you truly are who your true authentic self is. And that's why we do what we do. We are here for you. We're here to help unlock that true authentic side of yourself without shame and guilt. Let's get you thriving, not just surviving. Well, if you don't know your sexual self, you're never going to be complete. You're never going to be authentic. Unfortunately, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Like it is a part of you that you will have to face. There are people that don't face it that's on them, but we're not for that. We're for people that really do want to deepen their relationship to themselves. They know that something's missing. They, they can feel it instinctively. And so, yeah, it comes back to your sexual self and how you view yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so important to, to allow yourself to explore yourself first. And I think that you know, sometimes the focus is we've been taught this and I, I went, I started my, my new couples cohort last night. And like, this is one of the things we talked about is that we're taught to think about others before we're taught to think about ourselves. Like 
We'll mm-hmm. ask someone else what their kink is before we ever even think about what ours is. <laughs> like it's almost more appropriate to to just ask them, what do you like in the bedroom? What do you like? You know, that's being polite. I was saying Canadians are known as the nicest people, right? We don't ruffle many feathers around the world either. It's like if you run into me and come in my space and hit me, I say sorry. Yeah. You just came into my space and I say sorry. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. But but if we really break that down, we're a society that we've not been taught to honor what we want. And it's selfish to be like, well, how does this benefit me? It's selfish. You know, as a country, we're not like, how does this benefit me? We're like, how can we help the world get what they want? That's politically, that's that's what we do. And I, I don't follow politics. I hate it. But But at the end of the day, everybody loves Canada. We don't make enemies because we don't ruffle any feathers because we don't care what we want. But it's manifested into such a harsh reality that people are, yeah, very willing to put other people in front of them. And we weaponize selfishness as a negative. And it really, I believe that kinky wellness fights back at that and Mm -hmm. what you do and what anybody really is in sex. Because if you take it hurt, like if you take it seriously, just getting involved in your sexual wellness is an act of defiance because we are being selfish. We are allowed this pleasure. We are allowed to experience this. And when it comes to sex and selfishness, you're allowed to have that fine pleasure. You're allowed to know what you want. Obviously, don't be a dick about it, but like, right. it's but okay. But at the end of the day, if you're living a repressed life, like, are you any good to anybody anyways? You're not. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, like, who does it benefit? Is it benefiting me? If it benefits me, I have more energy. I'm happier. I have more joy. I have more freedom in my body. I feel energized. And how? Do I come across now to you? Well, I have more energy and I'm kinder and I'm more loving and I'm a better parent. How is that selfish, right? We have just erased that equation. When mm-hmm. we take care of us, don't you don't have to call it selfish if that's triggering, but like if it never benefits you, you will never benefit other people because you won't have it in you. Yes. That's so true. I I feel like we could do a whole whole podcast on selfishness because I we really need to rework our relationship with that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and and like fine, we can create an, another word for it. And that's why, like, for a long time in my healing journey, um, self care I couldn't e- I couldn't even use the word self care because it felt so selfish to me, and I was like, I can't do it. But mm. when I went to Vin, you know, I was telling you and I did the tantric workshop, I learned about energy in a different way. And I was like, energy care. I can do that because my cell phone doesn't run if I don't plug it in. Like, there's no shame in that. So I'm going to do the things that help feed my energy. That's not selfish because if I don't have any energy, I can't function. Well, that's how actually to your cell phone point there, I saw a cute quote that said something like even the trees take rest in winter and, Mm -hmm. you know, in in nature rest is, is there like our nervous system needs it. We're always in a constant state of no rest. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's 
so many problems with it. But yeah, we feel bad for not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you're being lazy or selfish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we can end there. But okay, you have to go, and I want to be um, respect that. Um, but Dana, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? I'm going to put all your links and stuff in the show notes. So just tell us how can my lovely audience get a hold of you and and work with you. Yes. Well, right now I'm on Instagram at the partition underscore life. You can also find my podcast at the partition home of kinky wellness, which airs twice a week. And I do have a BDSM and kink e-learning, which is one hour on the partition dot life. So it's www.thepartition.life, not.com. And you can find me there and make sure you stay connected and get my email because yeah, censorship when it comes to this stuff is very real. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to my podcast, you'll see why and all that jazz. But yes, uh, please reach out. I'm always happy to answer questions. And this is a journey that we're always going down and learning and expanding from. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. And um, you guys stay tuned because Dana and I are going to be working together doing some really cool things. And uh, we have been putting our heads together. And so uh, we want to do a couples retreat that is going to include all of these things that we've been talking about today. And so keep your eyes peeled, your ears open, whatever, whatever the this <laughs> the phrase is. But no, you will be seeing more of the two of us doing collaborating together because I think what we do goes hand in hand. And, you know, the two girls next door gotta gotta go create some stir up some shit in the world. <laughs> Yeah, man, you look cute, but that's what it is. We're, gonna come in there we're very forest. cute shit disturbers. Yeah. That's what we are. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, thank I you love so you much. so much. Oh, well, I was going to say thank you for having me on the show. Honestly, this is great. Uh, well, it was so great to have you, and we could keep going for hours, so we got to call it quits. And uh, But, yes, thank you so much for coming on, and you're such a great guest, such a great person, and I love you. Oh, I love you. This is fun. <laughs> All right. Take care. Oh, oh my God. What an awesome conversation. Her and I could just talk for hours. Like we literally do. I was on her podcast last week and like, I don't know, we probably were on the phone over two hours, but we could just go on and on and on. So be looking for more from us because we just really enjoy talking together, creating together, imagining. We have some exciting ideas for what we want to do together. Um, so stay tuned for that. But Back to the conversation, like, wasn't that enlightening? I, she makes kink and BDSM so approachable to the average person and I think takes the fear out of even looking into it. And that's what I love about her. And and hopefully you feel that way about about me too. Like maybe you're interested in, in thinking about non-monogamy or looking into it, but you're afraid of what that might look like or who you might be defined as if that's something that you desire. It doesn't define you as anything but you. Your desires, your thoughts, your emotions, your fantasies, those are yours and they make up who you are and it's okay. It's okay. There's no shame and guilt about it. Once you know what they are, then you can come up with a design or a plan to create the life that you want. It may or may not include those things, but knowing them, getting them out, like like Dana said, it's like once you once you say it, 
it it might not even be a big deal anymore. Maybe it's like, oh, now that my partner knows that I want to kiss some other stranger, then we can just have fun with it. Now we can use it playfully. We can walk around and be like, ooh, is uh, would you want to kiss that person? Yeah, actually, that would be, oh, that's fun. And that can be as far as it goes. There are all kinds of ways that this can be used and we can take our desires, our taboos, our kinks, and we can use them how we choose to consciously use them. So don't be afraid to explore. Don't be afraid to share safely. And if you don't know how to do that, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. We can help you create safety. I can help you get rid of the subconscious programming and the shame and guilt that is holding you back from even being able to speak up for what you want to explore. Uh, Dana can make it clearer what there is to explore. And between the two of us, I mean, you can just find out all the things. And so uh, we're looking forward to making that happen for couples and creating these really fun couples retreats. So if there's any questions that you have, please reach out. If you haven't uh, signed up for the mailing list, please do that. Go check Dana's things out in the show notes. Book a call with me if you just want to know more about what I do and how I can help. If you just want an explorative conversation to find out kind of what you've been missing out on, um, if you want a safe space to kind of explore a little bit, that's what I'm here for. So reach out and I will see you next time. I love you all, and as I always say when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. If you aren't authentic with yourself, you can't possibly be authentic in your sexuality. So, let's be authentic. Love you. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching. And you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.